Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Rainbow Tapes. Um, I'm your host, Liam Koji, and I'm here with my friend Alex. Hi. <laughs> Did I say your name right? Yeah. I just realized I've never said it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Alex. Yeah. I usually don't put my last name on the internet just because I don't want people to know where I work. <laughs> do you want me to re-record that then? Uh, yeah, let's just, we can do that, yeah. Just because okay. you know how people get, once, once Either... you get canceled and they find out where you work and then all that shit goes down. <laughs> Either that or I can do, I can bleep it out. Yeah, that's fine. That that's fine, yeah. Um, it's funny, like, the time that I forgot the name of my podcast. Um, <laughs> did I tell you about that? No. <laughs> I was recording with my friend Michael, and I was trying to do the intro, and I just fully forgot the name. <laughs> That's so funny. So, anyway, we're here to talk about Miley, because Endless Summer Vacation just came out, and honestly, her best album. Not gonna lie. I agree. I usually I usually have some songs when she released... Actually, well, I, it's the best album that I've heard of hers in a long time, but I did like Plastic Hearts. But we'll get to that eventually. Plastic Hearts was fine for me. It, like, it's not my favorite. Um, but I, yeah, this was her most cohesive yet. Yes, I will agree. But we will get, th- but we yes. will get there. <laughs> so let's start off at the beginning with her music with um, Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana, yeah. I well, I was telling you earlier, I I I watched Hannah Montana because I had I have a little sister and she loved. Hannah Montana like she was like five or six when Hannah Montana came out and so we only had one TV and obviously she was like the queen of the house so anytime Hannah Montana was on it was her time with the TV and she would watch it religiously so I would just sit there like watching it with her and you know it was funny yeah. uh, but this was before it's she released cute. yeah like she had like the Hannah Montana songs which are very very catchy for I think at the time she was like nine or ten right if I'm not mistaken 13. 13 okay she i was 11 when that show premiered and she's two years old okay me. yeah so yeah she was very young and she was like you know coming out with bops i know and like immediately like the first i mean she came out the gate with her like actual like miley music with see you again mm-hmm. like okay i really love rock mafia era miley yeah that was when she came out with that song, I didn't realize that it was a 13-year-old singing that song. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is really good. Because every any time I thought of... I didn't think of Miley Cyrus. I always thought of Hannah Montana. So anytime I heard a Hannah Montana song, there was like a specific sound to it. And yeah. so when she came out with See You Again, I was like, wait, this is Miley Cyrus? Uh, but at the time, I only I only knew her as Hannah Montana, which was... Maybe that's why Disney was like, meet Miley Cyrus, because this is like, you had, you had like that, this is Hannah Montana and this is Miley Cyrus. I think that was like the CD that my sister had. So, um, yeah, it was like Hannah Montana 2, meet Miley Cyrus, and it was See You Again and Start All Over. Yes. Were like the two singles off of that. And Mm -hmm. I, I listened to Start All Over. I somehow missed See You Again for like, until it was like released on, um, they had a remix of it on her like actual debut album. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, see you again is something that I still revisit as a, as somebody who is pushing thirty. <laughs> I still, I still go back and listen to that song, um, especially like when, and the summer vacation was announced and like flowers came out. I went back and like, I was like listening to her like older discography and see you again is like. That song is by a 13-year-old, and it still holds up. Yeah. It was by a 13-year-old, like, what, 18 years ago? Oh, my God. Please don't tell me it was 18 years ago. <laughs> it was... No, 16. 16. Sorry. 16. I'm bad at that. Um, I, was like, I don't know how much better that is. <laughs> yeah. No, it was 16 because it was in 2007, which 2007 yeah. was Blackout, which I, I keep track of the year of that, which is 16 years ago. At a certain point, we really need to acknowledge the fact that, like, 2007 was, like, the cultural peak of the 2000s. Because mm-hmm. there was Blackout, there was um, the second album from Fall Out Boy with Thanks for the Memories, yeah. and this is an Um, There was Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. Oh, yeah. There was Welcome to the Black Parade. Mm-hmm. Like, so much came out that year. So much good music. And also, like, the, st- the clothes were cool. 
that was like peak 2000s fashion because we had gotten away of like the trashy yuppiness of like the mid 2000s but we hadn't quite reached like the weird techno trashiness of like the late 2000s i just remember like the like the v-necks and the american apparel like cardigans and like the scarves <laughs> like all of i okay so we were we were in very different worlds apparently because <laughs> yeah. i skinny jeans vans like all the plaid black and red like so i mean so i was like a theater kid yeah and um i was in like a theater program in middle school and so we were all it was it was very like alternative vibes like we were all but like we're young so it was like mainstream alternative but also we were listening to Miley Cyrus and like (laughs) yeah I mean listen I I thought I was 20 in 2007 I was 20 so I keep forgetting how old you are yeah I'm I'm 35. I'm gonna be 36 this year, uh, in in August. Uh, but I was 20 when that when she released that Meet Miley Cyrus um, album, mm-hmm. and I was like bopping to it, and I was like, okay, I was like, I, I maybe this is too young for me, but I I dig it. Who little did we know that she was gonna become like this pop icon, you know? You you know. I know. I mean. We had a sort of feeling. I mean, that entire generation of Disney, that was like the golden age of Disney with like Jonas Brothers, Selena, Miley, kind Raven, of. Was it Raven Simone or was Raven Simone the generation before that? Before that. Okay. I mean, they sort of crossed over. Yeah. That So Raven ended in 2007. Yeah. So, I mean, they had that spin, they had that like crossover with like That So Sweet Life of Hannah Montana. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which is forever burned into my memory. That was a great episode, so, though. That was, I mean, all like the Disney crossovers, although it wasn't Wizards on Deck with Hannah Montana, pulled in 9 million viewers. That's insane. Um, it's literally fucking insane. Um, which I love because, I mean, so actually, Hannah Montana and Miley were the bigger brand. Yeah. Overall, like. Because there was more, there were more opportunities for brand engagement with like concerts and stuff like that. Wizards of Waverly Place was a higher rated show. It was. I loved that show actually. I watched that show with my sister too. Uh, yeah. Like I grew up with I... Lizzie McGuire, Raven Simone, but then I also was part of. I wasn't part of that generation because I was a little older, but because of my little sister, I watched Wizards of Waverly yeah. Place, um, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, and, and Hannah Montana. Like those were the three that we watched together. Yeah, so, like, Lizzie McGuire and That's So Raven are sort of, like, what Hannah Montana was to your sister. Yeah. Like, sort of, like, younger. Um, But, no, so, like, Miley Miley is sort of a weird one because she was so, like, prominent and everywhere. It almost felt like we're sort of the same age, and so we sort of went through similar phases of life together, like, at the same time. Not together, but there's, like, a relatability there. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, as she was releasing Can't Be Tamed, I sort of was also feeling that sort of, like, desire to sort of be more of an adult. Yeah. How old was she when she um, released Can't Be Tamed? I think it was, it was in 2010, 17. so 17. Yeah, she was, she was, she was still a teenager. Yeah, which, I mean, going back and watching that video, as mm-hmm. much as I love it and as iconic as it is, girl. That is not a that is not a video for a minor. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, she was, was she was I remember I remember I mean I remember that album cover, right? Like when she when she released that album cover, the with the low rise jeans. Yeah, with like, it was like it was very above her. Yeah, it was very Britney. Like totally inspired yeah. by Britney. And everyone was like, Which, Oh, I she's mean... trying to be the next Britney and it's like, I don't think she's trying to be the next Britney, but I can see the influence Britney had on her in terms of like the direction she's trying to go you know and i mean she's she's shown her reverence for britney spears subsequently like when she was talking about bangers the only the only female feature was britney and she goes i only wanted one bitch on my album and that Mm. was britney bitch exactly yeah direct quote yeah no exactly (laughs) um and then after meet miley cyrus she went into breakout which I was obsessed with this album, but Seven Things. Yeah. I love Bottom of the reset. Ocean. 
Really? Yeah. It's not... It's not a single she but released, also... but it's one of yeah. the songs that I really loved from that album. It's like one of those, like... I, it was... Yeah. It's just one and of those songs... Actually... Go ahead, sorry. It, that song was like a good display of her um, vocals. Mm-hmm. Because of that generation, I would say Miley probably has the best voice. Yeah. Demi maybe has the most power, but her tone can get can like verge on grating. I find her I find her annoying <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I find Demi's entire presence annoying. <laughs> Although I do want to do um, I do want to do an entire episode of this podcast on Demi just because like it's wild to me because her last two albums are probably her best. Mm-hmm. Also, before anybody comes to me with about pronouns, she is back to using she her as well as they them. She is. That's why um, I said she. <laughs> <laughs> but um i've had some people since she announced that like get mad at me for using feminine pronouns for her and it's like she told us we could do it it's again. literally it's in, in, on her instagram i saw it the other day yeah but like the problem is like her last two albums are probably her best work not probably they're objectively her best work but nobody's listening to them because she's such a like her brand has gotten so insane she's a very polarizing uh figure on the internet People do find people well, like she has a good voice. She she makes good good songs. Like I, I and I will agree with you that her last album is very good. Com- Holy fuck is so yeah. fucking good. And but like her last like w- not the last one before Holy fuck, uh, but the one before that. I think like the cover is black and white. I forget the name of it. Um, Confident. No. No. Um, tell me you love yeah, me. Yeah, I hated that okay, album. Okay, no. The- <laughs> It was, you it was so awful. I did not like any one single song. I like maybe two songs from that album, but everything else okay. I did not like. I need you to go listen. <laughs> I need you to listen. I will send it to you. Um, the NOTD remix of Tell Me You Love Me, like the song. Okay. It is so good. Because like, her vocals on that song are insane. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes I find her voice a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. Yeah. But, you know, so like Bottom of the Ocean was like a good sort of display of... Um, Miley's voice, but then also, so like my favorites were Breakout, Seven Things, Fly on the Wall, and very embarrassingly, Wake Up America. Because now listening to that song as an adult, yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, there's a that that's the Disney influence on this yeah. album. <laughs> but I mean, like Seven Things was like that was like that song. I mean, that was, like, I think that was her... She had hits before, but that was the one that kind of allowed her to be seen more as, like, hey, Miley Cyrus, the artist, uh, versus, like, the Hannah Montana girl, right? Because her first album, which... I mean, I can't tell if Meet Miley Cyrus is technically her first album, because I would say Breakout is technically her first, like, full-fledged LP, right? Meet Miley Cyrus was an EP, is sort of categor- is categorized in her discography as an EP. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't even call it an EP. I would call it more of just like an establishment of Miley as a brand outside of Hannah Montana. Right. And then Breakout is still, um, it's considered her first, like, it's considered her debut studio album. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, it was what established her as a sort of like an actual artist. Yeah. And then... From there, she went into... I can't remember. Did Brick... She released an EP in between that with... With Party in the USA? I forgot that. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. You know what? That song is... Okay. Here's my thing with that song. It does not make sense for her to sing it. It was very clearly written from the perspective of somebody who is not from the US. Yep. Um, Who wrote it? So... I'm curious. Jesse J. Jesse J. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it was like as Jesse J was sort of working on. I don't know if she'd been signed yet. She might have been signed to a publishing deal, but um, it was probably something on her demo. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it would have made sense for her to sing it, and I think actually her version um leaked at some point. Yeah. Now that I you say that, it does make sense that uh Jesse J wrote it because I hopped off the plane at LAX. With the Jamie Ricardo. With the Jamie Ricardo, and I'm like, 
Miley's from the Miley's from Tennessee, so. <laughs> yeah, and also Miley like spent a lot of time in spent a lot of time in the uh, in LA. Yeah, because her <laughs> her dad when he was famous back in the eighties, he I'm sure he went to LA yeah. a lot. So. Well, actually, nineties, and he was on a show at some point in like the late nineties, early two thousands, and also Miley was in Big Fish. She was. Yeah. Oh, I I never saw that movie, so. Um, um, I was talking to somebody who worked on it, and I was like, oh, wait, it was Billy Ray in that? And he goes, no, but Miley was. was interesting. Like, Sorry, I got confused. When she was Destiny Hope. Um, <laughs> when she was, no, she was already Miley. She was already Miley, okay. She was legally Destiny Hope. Okay. Destiny Hope, she changed her name legally to Miley, and like, I think while she was on Disney Channel. Got it. Because no one called her Destiny. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, it, the reason that I sort of went, mm, to that was because um i can't handle she works with dr luke and anytime i see that name i just go eh. oh for party in the usa yeah okay. he was one of the producers oh, okay yeah i mean and then this was before we found out all of that shit that we found out about him right yes yeah. although within the industry apparently he was kind of known as an asshole uh, already yeah um, people like on two, on Kelly Clarkson's 2009 album, I forgot the name of it, the one with um, My Life Would Suck Without mm-hmm. You. I love that album, by the way. She refused, I know, but she refused to take writing credit on a lot of it because she didn't want her name associated with Dr. Luke in that way. Mm. Um, and like Miley has spoken about it as well, and Gaga has spoken, it, it was well known within the industry that he was kind of an ass. Yeah, I feel like ever since... Because I know Katy, Katy Perry worked with him a lot for a lot of the hits that she yeah. had. I feel like ever since she was... I feel like she was forced to stop working with him because I think had all these allegations not come out, she would have probably continued working with him. Ever since she stopped working with him, she hasn't really had a good record out. Actually, you know who the you know who the problem is with, that, with her? Because Dr. Luke didn't have a whole lot of input with like that. But a lot of the problem is that she was working extensively with Bonnie McKeeve on um, her first, like, two-ish mm-hmm. albums. And Bonnie knew how to write for her voice. She stopped working with Bonnie for some reason, I think, on Prism. And that was when we started getting... I mean, the reason that, like, Unconditionally didn't do well is because she couldn't perform it live. Right. It was out of her range. It was so far out of her range. She could not hit even the lowest... I remember performance. that. When she tried to do those, like, and performances so like, of that song. Yeah. Um, so they couldn't really, you know, they couldn't really do anything with it. Um, they couldn't promote it. But, um, no, so, like, Miley, after a breakout and before Can't Be Tamed, she released that EP with Party in the USA. Mm-hmm. And at some point in there, she also released The Climb. I love that song. And so on the international version of this EP, she has two soundtrack songs. Party in the USA and The Climb? No, The Climb, and When I Look at You from that movie she did where she met Liam. Oh, right. Okay. Um. So she... This was, like, both a pivotal and sort of embarrassing moment for her. <laughs> because The Climb did well, but When I Look at You did not, and neither did that movie. That movie was bad. I never saw it. She did a lot of questionable um, movies, like LOL, which I saw, and I was yeah. like, oh, this is kind of terrible. <laughs> Was that the one with um Demi Moore? Was that the one with uh and um was that the one with um Osborne, Kelly Osborne? LOL. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Let me see. Um, so my ex who shall not be named. Mm-hmm. Um his boyfriend at that time was Kelly's manager and I have some I have some inside uh inside tea on Miley at that point. <laughs> What's the tea? Um, or, or can you not say it here? <laughs> I won't say it here, but I will say that there was more going on than we knew. Oh, okay. Um, I'll tell you after. Okay. Um, actually, I'm going to text you real quick. Okay. Just so we can get your little, get your reaction here. Um, but... Uh... Yeah, she did... Um, I remember... She... I feel like her movies, um, she does better 
as an art like as a musical artist and she does um oh yeah i remember that time period of uh what the uh, yeah <laughs> the cake uh, yep um <laughs> i believe my ex might have been there for that um <laughs> but uh no they um I, she's a solid actress. I just don't think people can take her seriously as an actress. No, I think she, I think she has a persona already that it's hard to shake off. Or it's it's kind of like, for example, like Jennifer Aniston, right? Jennifer Aniston has been typecast as Rachel from Friends. That you can't see anything yeah. else except for that when you see her movies until the morning show. The morning show, she was actually yeah. able to show her range. So like now, like. She, finally she you're she's, she's not typecast anymore well i think part of that journey was also remember um horrible bosses yes yeah. um she literally like i mean in an interview she literally said um i had to wear a wig because like i can't act like that with rachel's hair yeah and so that was sort of an, an acknowledgement of like the fact that she was she was still known as like rachel and this was I don't know, like a good five, ten yeah. years after the show ended. Yeah, people still see her as um, Rachel, and it's what's a, a lot of actors. I, I, you know, like I see, I don't see when I look at them and they're on screen. I'm like, I'm only thinking of like what they're most famous for, and I can't see anything else. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that actually, like the cast of okay, Jim Parsons and Kaylee Cuoco from Big Bang Theory have done a good job at sort of releasing themselves from those brands. Yeah. So before, like, the show even ended, like, um, Jim Parsons did that movie about AIDS. Oh, yeah. And then also, um, did you see his movie, uh, spoiler alert? No, I wanted to watch it, and then I, I forgot about, I forgot about it, and when it was released, so I'll have to catch it on whatever streaming service it comes on. Even RJ cried. RJ's not a crier. I mean, I, I cry, I cry at anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a crier, but, like. So I'm sobbing, and then all of a sudden I look over at RJ, and RJ is crying. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, what is this movie putting us through? Yeah. I saw the trailer, and I was like, I already know what this is about, so I'm just going to, like... I already know how it ends, but like I said, I want to watch it. <laughs> I just completely forgot about they it. They don't... It's, like, honestly a bit of a flex for the writers and the actors that, like, you know, they literally, like, it's spoiler alert because they spoil what's happening at the mm-hmm. end. But, like you know it's still an engaging movie and you want to see the development of that of that um couple of that relationship is really engaging to watch and so it's like and that's like a testament to the writing and the actors particularly because honestly their chemistry oh my god it was so good i'll have to check it out um but unlike kaylee cuoco with the flight attendant she was able to sort of she separated herself from that character yeah and I think it's good when they do like a like a one eighty on um, on on acting, just because yeah, it's it's very hard for a lot of actors to to. I mean, even it's happening now with Jenna Ortega, like she's like trying to separate herself yeah. from. Even though she's doing the season two of Wednesday, she's trying to separate herself from Wednesday because she doesn't want to get typecast. <laughs> no, and she might be playing the daughter in uh, Beetlejuice too. That would be so fucking yeah. cool. I love her. We need to like. De- we need to like. We need to defend her at all costs. Yeah, I went. I well, I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I went today to go get these shirts uh, at the SNL store Aww. because my my best friend from back home, um, that's her niece, and so she was Aww. telling me she's like, can you try to see if you can get me these shirts because her nephews are in town for because she's hosting SNL tonight, and but then yeah. they text her pictures of her of like. Oh, look at these shirts. And she's like, get me one. They're like, oh, we already left the store. And I'm like, what kind of brothers are these? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you couldn't get shirts. Like, I would be buying everything if that was, like, my sibling. So. I know. I would be, you know. But, no. So, sh- but anyway. So, like, that was, like, a weird pivotal point for Miley. Yeah. And that was also the last moment that we had Disney Channel Miley. Mm-hmm. Because up next, we have Can't Be Tamed. Can't Be Tamed was a great was a great album in my in my in my eyes i really liked it i i don't know that i've ever actually wa- listened to the album all the way through i know the singles but who owns my heart it was uh <clears throat> what else 
might can't be can't be tame. <laughs> um, let's see what else there was. Um, because like at this point, this was like pre-streaming, so you had to like buy the album, and I just like I didn't care enough to buy the album. I and I wasn't buying a whole lot of albums at the time. I downloaded it for free. <laughs> um. Can't be tamed and, you, and who owns my heart were like the two were the only two singles. Which also, they refused to promote who owns my heart in the U.S. The who owns my heart was released as a single in Europe by her European label. Why? Why did they refuse to? That's a great song. Controversial. Oh really? Mm. Oh. They got too much pushback. I mean, the U.S. is so puritanical. They pretend to be they puritanical. Got so much pushback. <laughs> um. I mean, Puritanism was always judge others, not them, not yourself. So this is general. This is actually puritanical. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They have these standards for other people, just not themselves. Yeah. Um. But uh, no, because yeah, I don't think I listened to most of this album. She did the cover of Um, "Every Rose Has Its Thorn," which I thought was a really good cover from uh, it was what's that band? Uh, Guns N' Roses. I be- yeah, I believe they are the ones who sang the original song, and I thought it was pretty good. And I think this is when she started to kind of show off her voice a little bit more. Like she always showed it off, but it was by Poison. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she. This is this is when she became adult, Miley. At seventeen years old. <laughs> At seventeen years old. In a in a corset just as a bird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. What was that video? <laughs> that it's it's funny because that video was I I remember when I watched that video I'm like oh this is very like it reminds me of like Disturbia from Rihanna but like mixed in with like because she's she was in a cage. Uh, yeah. And I think I and it, it reminded me of like. Britney because Britney was using a lot of at the time I think it was maybe 20, 20, 2008 or 2009 where she used cages a lot uh, in her concert yeah and and there was also that was sort of like the same era like that was not super long after Circus mm-hmm. and so like that was what a lot of that was what the videos from Circus looked like they were very dark and very like atmospheric yeah. um, and like Actually, fun fact: this uh, this um, can't be tamed video was filmed at the Natural History Museum out by uh, USC. Really? Oh, yeah. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. And then I went there for the first time. Um, my friend wanted to go to an exhibit on tattoos. Yeah. Um, and we like walked through the rest of the museum, which I mean, Natural History Museums are for children. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah. But. Um, although I really need to go back to the Page Museum at the Liberia Tarpets because, um, I'll take my friend there. But, uh, also I love that we call them the Liberia Tarpets because it's the, the Tartar Pits. <laughs> That's funny. Gringos. Um, Gringos. <laughs> That's funny. But, I mean, Can't Be Changed remains one of my favorite Miley songs. Like, it is an objectively good song. And I really loved when she worked with Rock Mafia. Like, Rock Mafia Miley is, like, my favorite. Yeah, no, it was a good song. Or one of my favorites. Michael made it Miley and then Rock Mafia Miley. Yeah, no. I mean, even when it starts, like, the song... I don't know. Yeah. I actually... I, I know the video was controversial, but I actually... I actually... I mean, she was... I forgot that she was 17 at the time, but I actually enjoyed when sorry it's like something smells like it's burning it's probably from outside um i actually enjoy when disney stars kind of break out of that disney mold because they're like yeah. i don't want to be known as like this, this this disney girl forever you know and like people were and people were criticizing her for this and it's like y'all put her in a fucking box yeah for at this point now five years she's like a young adult coming into coming to coming of age mm-hmm. she's trying to find herself and she's trying to express herself in a more you know in a more uh what's the word i'm looking for genuine, in a more genuine uh, way that feels more like her yeah because more uh yeah 
Because I, for, I mean, I can understand when um, Disney, like Disney kids, are like, you know, you're 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 con- you're you're signed to Disney, so you're contracted. You have to act a certain way. I mean, even I think Demi Lovato said like I had to be a certain way. Like I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. Because otherwise I would get as in trouble. As she was doing, she was doing it anyway. As she was doing barrels of coke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's the same. I remember that controversy with Miley where they were photographing her. I think it was Annie Leibovitz. Leibovitz. I don't know how to say her last name. Yeah. She photographed her for Leibowitz. some. The, yeah. And I remember she just had like. Vanity uh, Fair. She, yeah, for Vanity Fair she had like that like, I forgot what she had something on where it, like her back was exposed and it was like the yeah. biggest controversy ever. Which, I mean, even as, like, an adult looking back on that, that's a fucking gorgeous picture. It conveys what it needed to convey. It, you know, it wasn't sexually ex- sexually explicit or suggestive. No. There was nothing sexual about it. It was about, you know, opening her... It was to sort of signify, like... Um, why am I struggling with words today? It might be because I worked 10 and a half hours <laughs> yesterday. Um, uh, um, it, vulnerability. Yeah vulnerability but also it juxtaposed with that sort of like buttoned up yeah. Disney persona. But also like it was a top and people were like, Oh, she's wearing a sheet and then they released the pictures and it was like a top that she was wearing. <laughs> yeah. I loved it and I love Annie Lee Boyd. Yeah. Um but you know, it this was like a really weird controversial moment in her life. Yeah. And this was also her last release with um Hollywood Records. So Hollywood Records is Disney's in-house record label. Yeah. Um, and so then for Bangers, she signed with RCA. But actually, like, there was... She didn't sign immediately. Oh, she didn't? No. So she left Hollywood because I th- it was probably a three-album deal. Yeah. Um, and she uh, worked on music on her own. And actually, like one of the one of the reasons that RCA signed her was um, Wrecking Ball. Yeah. So she had already been working with like Dr. Luke on some stuff, and I think she had already started working on, working with Mike Wilmede. Um, and so what sold RCA on her, which we'll get into RCA in a mm-hmm. sec- in a minute, but like was Wrecking Ball. Um, and then also like Fingers is to me her second strongest album. I. It was, it was very, like, it wasn't, it's not the most cohesive record, if we're going to be honest. That was going to say, it, it, it was wasn't, very, yeah. It was very of the moment, and very, like, it was what she needed to do, because it sort of reestablished her as a little bit of a firebrand, but also with some direction. Mm-hmm. And it's also the album where she really embraced the twang in her voice, which has become sort of her signature. Yeah. Because before she had sort of strayed away from it because she didn't want to sound like a pumpkin. Yeah. But then actually Mike Will made it. It was like, no, like keep the country, you know, and it's, you know, keep the country twang. It's what makes your voice unique and it's what's going to. Basically, he pulled a Max Martin and was like, no, this is what's going to, this is what's going to sell you on the radio. Right. Because um, Max Martin is why Britney has her baby voice. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, that was like an iconic era for for her. Um, it was, it, and like, it was. We can't stop. Yeah, and it, I mean, when she really, when she came out with "We Can't Stop," this like the song was great, and then she came out with the video, and then it was like everyone was so shocked, right? I remember that time because yeah. everyone was like, "What is she doing?" She's like, tw- I remember like the whole like, "Oh, she's just twerking now," <laughs> like that's her brand. But yeah. she was just trying to get away, and funny enough. In this era, she had hired uh, Larry Rudolph to be her manager, who was Britney's manager at the time. So they were. Yeah. So that I think that's how they came. She came together with Britney to do Bangers. Uh, or is it called Bangers or SMS? Yeah. I, I, f- I forget which. SMS Bangers in parentheses. Got it. Okay. Um, but uh, no, and like so like. I mean, I remember when We Can't Stop came out and, like, literally my entire world stopped. Yeah. And it was, like, this weird, like, fever dream where literally everybody in my life, all we were listening to was We Can't Stop. Yeah. Um, and then and then it became, like, We Can't Stop in uh, Royals. 
Oh yeah, that's the same year that Royals came out. Yeah. 2013 2013, was a good year. 2014, it was a really good year. Um and then like Wrecking Ball was sort of really her like mainstream breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Which I mean I really love that video and stuff. I just really wish it hadn't been directed by um, Terry Richardson. Uh, yeah, I remember she was working with him a lot in that era for like a lot of her photo shoots. Because it was because I mean it, his aesthetic really lined up with like what she was going for in that time mm-hmm. because it was like that sort of polished kind of dirty trash but like classy sort of situation. Yeah. Um. Which, I mean, also Gaga was working with him a lot at that time. That's actually why Do What You Want failed because of R. Kelly and Terry Richardson. Yeah. So it came out like two seconds after R. Kelly's controversies and then Terry Richardson's controversy started to come to light. And so then she couldn't release the music video. The music video was shot. Yeah, so she was like, Um, well, what am I going to do? Well, I think Gaga canceled her video, right, for Do What You Want. Oh, yeah, she did. And then she was like, and then she went on The Voice and performed with Christina, mm-hmm. and that's what we have on streaming services today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I still have the original. Which is better. I, yeah, I still have the original song just because I'm like, okay, like I want to keep the like I want to have the original song just to have it. But I'm not sure if I do. Um, I think Apple Music has the Christina Aguilera version on it now. This was before um, Apple Music, though. Wait, I'm sorry, Lady Gaga and Sophie Tucker. <sighs> I forgot Sophie Tucker um, remixed uh, 911. Uh, for the for Dawn of Chromatica? The remix album? Yeah. I don't think it was Dawn of Chromatica. I think it was just like an independent... I do saw the original Do What You Want. Um, but yeah, I mean like... But yeah, Wrecking Ball was like sort of a turning point for her. Also, I can't remember if that video came out before or after her... Uh, Infamous VMA's performance. I think it came out after. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, is happening? that performance. I, I mean, mean, that was that's what everybody talked about, right? That was fucking hilarious. Yeah. I was living. Yeah. Because it was just it was stupid. It was so stupid. And like, it wasn't sexually suggestive. Who's looking at Miley dressed in a fucking teddy bear onesie, licking a fucking foam finger and thinking, yes, this is sex. <laughs> It, it was just funny because, like, Virgins. I think it's because everybody had this idea or image of what Miley, of what Miley was supposed to represent, right? Like, she was, like, the yeah. girl next door. Again, the same, following this, I mean, Britney Spears did this, they did the same thing to Britney Spears. Britney didn't do what Miley did, obviously. Miley kind of took it a little bit of a step further. But I remember they, yeah. they asked Britney what she thought of Miley's performance and Britney was like, I mean, she knows what she's doing. Like, y- you don't go to the VMAs without want without going to to have an, a, a a memorable performance. Like you you like to yeah. do, She's like she she knows what she's doing. Like she doesn't need my help. And and the thing was that it was Miley's way of being like, this is like this is me now. Like shed that image you had of yeah. me before because that is not going to be it. And I think while in while she had controversy at that moment, I think it definitely helped her in the long run because. Yeah. But, you know, um, the VMAs have been like, have had like been like several pivotal moments for her career. Yeah. Because then I think it was like the next year, or the year after she hosted and she debuted Do It off of her um, studio album, Miley Cyrus and her dead pets, which I refuse to listen all the way through because I cannot even get through half of it. I, did not listen to any of it except for first of all 20, 23 songs girl no one's listening to 23 songs if it's like experimental I know <laughs> I know and like I think she needed to do this and I think also she did it as a fuck you to RCA because RCA wouldn't allow her to record an album like this yeah and so she was like I'm going to record all the songs I'm going to put all the songs in the album and I'm going to give it to you for free yeah um so then, um, because I mean, she did have some like mainstream producers on it. Like she had Michael made it and she had, um, actually that might've been it. Cause then there was like the flaming lips, which I mean, not mainstream. Yeah. But I think this is where she sort of jumped the shark for a lot of people. And this is why she had to backpedal. Yeah. Um, but I really, really, 
do it i actually really like that song it's one of my favorite miley songs i can't i'll I'll have to listen to it again because i i i remember i i remember it but i don't remember it and it was like she performed it at the vmas with all the drag race girls and that was also like a major fucking moment for drag race and like queer culture so i i do hold that moment in like high esteem but we're going to move on from dead pets (laughs) other than just to say that this is when the labels this is when the label stopped really supporting her yeah and why she left RCA and signed with Columbia. Yeah. Which, I mean, the album, the rollout for this album is significantly better than the last two. And it's because RCA just sort of went, we're done. Yeah. Um, because then we went into Younger Now, which I listened to it for the first time, like, all the way through yesterday in preparation for mm-hmm. this. I don't remember any of it. I, I, I remember Malibu, I remember Younger Now, and I remember the song with Dolly, but the rest of them just sort of faded in the background. Yeah, I mean, there's some songs in there that I like a lot. I, for me, like, I obviously I love, like, the pop bangers and, like, the mainstream stuff, yeah. but I also, I also, I love when artists tap into, like, their writing skills, and she's really, yeah. and she's really good at writing good songs, uh, and... I yeah. like it when she kind of takes a moment to like slow down and it's not like a club banger, but it's like something more like deep and meaningful. So for me, like See, I miss you much is a really good song. Um, and she's not, that him. Is actually a good and song. she's not him is also a really good song. Yeah. But I will say like, I agree with you there, but I think that endless summer vacation is a better display of her writing. I, I agree. I agree. And I think this is when um, she's probably starting to kind of really get into it more mature, mature writing. Yeah. Um, but you know, younger now, I mean, I really enjoyed Malibu. Mm -hmm. Um, although the song is, I kind of, okay. So I kind of love the journey that the song has gone on because the song is about her, like not thinking she'd like Malibu and then like her partner at the time introducing her to it. And now she's moved away from Malibu. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, it feels very parallel to my own sort of experience with Malibu. Yeah. Because... The ex is obsessed with Malibu. We used to go to Malibu and it was sort of a happy place with him. But then when things went south, it was sort of like, I don't think I'm ever going back to Malibu again. Well, didn't their house burn down during the fires? Yeah. Okay. They rebuilt. Yeah. Um, but, um, which I mean, actually, that's a good segue. Um, so then after Younger Now, she went into like, She Is Coming, which was supposed to be sort of a... Um, an album released in like three parts. Yeah. And this was, supposed, this was supposed to be the first part. Um, and like Mother's Daughter is one of my favorite Miley singles ever. Yeah, I, um, I love that song. Same thing with uh, D-R-E-A-M, Dream, and uh, The Most. Yeah. And then Catitude so, is a fun song. <laughs> Catitude is my favorite. I am obsessed with Catitude. I mean, so anyone who knows me knows that I'm like a massive fan of Jack Race and RuPaul. Yeah. So, I mean... And, like, I'm, that is, like, a, and it's a very, like, ball song. And, yeah. like, that is, like, a segment of queer culture that I really, really, really do appreciate. Um, I think it's, it's an integral part of our culture, ball culture. Um, and so it is, it's a fun song. And I just, it's, but people didn't like this EP. People were, like, not a fan. Yeah, it's because weird that they didn't like it. Of, yeah, because it was sort of, it was a little bit different for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it would have been strong. But then also, subsequently, she released Slide Away. So I actually think that part of the reason that this album was scrapped um, was might have had something to do with her divorce. Right. So then Slide Away, she released Slide Away after, um, after the divorce was announced and it was another pivotal VMAs moment for her. Yeah. Performing on that stage, just standing there singing in her little vintage Chanel dress in black and white with her, like, wet look hair. It was <laughs> one of the most stunning things I've ever seen in my life. Um, And she is, like, you know, that song was honestly probably her most emotional. And you were talking about her showing off her skills as a songwriter. Yeah. That song. Yeah, that song. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then... But I don't think... I think part of also why the rest of the album was scrapped was because Mother's Daughter did not do well. And so RCA was sort of like, no, we're going in a different direction. 
Yeah. Which then Plastic Hearts, her next album, was her last album with the with the label. With the label. And I think part of why she went in a more experimental, like more rock direction was because she knew that it wasn't going to get promoted by RCA anyway. And mm-hmm. so she just sort of said, this is my last album under this contract. They've been screwing me over, starting with Dead Pets. And they didn't even really want to invest in like promoting um, Younger Now. That was part of why Younger Now didn't do quite as well. Yeah. Because with that brand, you can, with Miley's brand, you can really make any album work. Yeah. But um, they just didn't do anything with it. And so, um, I mean, Plastic Hearts, it bothers me that they didn't promote it. And, you know, because, like, Midnight Sky is one of her best singles. Prisoner should have been huge. It was an upbeat song, and it was a collaboration with the big, one of the biggest pop stars of the time. Yeah. Which, I mean, I would probably still say that Dua Lipa is one of the biggest pop stars right now. Totally. I And I wonder but, if it's because of the pandemic, because, I mean... It, if it had anything to do with it, but she was kind of, I mean, I feel like she wasn't everywhere, but she was kind of everywhere because I remember seeing like, she obviously wasn't performing to crowds, but she was performing in places she could perform, you know? And she also, I mean, no, I'm not going to blame this on the pandemic. I'm going to blame it on RCA. (laughs) Um, Because I mean, what was their excuse with younger now? What was their excuse with that? I mean, that's true. That's true. Um, And like, honestly, so I think I've listened to the song all the way through once. This album all the way through once. Yeah. I mean, Midnight Sky, Prisoner were like on heavy rotation. Yeah. Like I was listening to that over and over and over and over. Yeah. Midnight Sky is really, is great. Prisoner is great. I loved, um, it's, it's one, I, I loved Golden G String just because of like the way that Golden G String is like written and it's set up. Like it's very like mellow. Uh, but I also enjoyed, uh, she put in, in the deluxe version, she, she put the, some songs she sang at the iHeart Festival and one of them, uh, which is Heart of Glass, uh, she sings that song so well, like it truly fits her voice. And on top of that, uh, Zombie, she sang Zombie by, and the way that she's like, it's just her voice. I don't know. There was a there was a change in her voice for sure where she had more of this like raspy like grungy voice for plastic hearts that it, that really worked for the type of material she was singing here and I think I don't know I yeah. I think I I appreciated her voice even more and I think she had surgery prior to this album where I'm not sure if it was prior or before yeah. or after this album it was before before um, right but um so. I mean, like my favorites on the um, on the album were um, Plastic Hearts and Angels Like You. Yeah. Um. But um. Also, you talked about the deluxe version with like some of the live performances. Edge of Edge of Midnight with Stevie Nicks. Oh yeah. She collaborated with Stevie Nicks. I, Amazing. That is iconic. I I'm know. obsessed. <laughs> um. But uh. You know, it, uh, I, I love, um, I mean, the album was like fine. It wasn't like my favorite she's ever released, but I enjoy, I appreciate the intention of it. And I think that it was well done for what it was. Yeah. It just was not my taste personally. And I do think that it is an underrated album. I do think it should have done better. Although real quick, my friend thinks that Younger Now is underrated and I'm like, nah, Younger Now is a, no ma'am. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but then we're getting into, um, so this was, like I said, this is her last album under her contract with RCA. Yeah. Um, so then now we're in the, her Columbia era, which, okay. So I think a major part of why this album is doing well is because she was good at rebranding herself and good at sort of reintroducing herself to the public in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And I think a large part of that has to do with the um, New Year's Eve specials she's done the last two years. Yeah. It sort of reframes her in a more adult, like still like edgy, but like kind of more family friendly kind of vibe. And it feels like she's sort of become an adult and sort of figured out who she is and is really embodying that presence and like that identity yeah um because i mean endless summer vacation flowers is a reset so people think people don't like flowers no that's a that's a that's a good song it's so good they think it's mid 
no. like, shut the fuck up. No. Gen Z, we don't. You don't need a voice. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you you can you you can stand Sarah Larson and Ava Max, and we will stand yes. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I love Sarah Larson. No, I know. I'm um, just saying. Like, I feel like those but, are the only yeah. two names that I always see pop up when it comes to Gen Z or BTS. I know. But also, it's like weird. Like, Twitter is not the real world. It's not. So like, you know, everyone was confused when Beyonce lost when Beyonce lost um, the Grammy for best album. But she's never going to win that. And she knows and she knows she's never going to win that. And she knows exactly what she needs to do to win Album of the Year. She just does not do it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, everyone was confused by Harry Styles winning it. And I'm like, as it was, was, this is not an exaggeration, the biggest song in the world for over half of a year. Yeah, I, that song was everywhere. And, like, just because it wasn't big on Twitter does not mean it wasn't big Literally, I was, I'll listen to, like, top charts from, like, different cities and different countries and stuff. Mm-hmm. For six months. Yeah. It was in every city I listened to. Yeah. And and obviously, um, TikTok has a way of also promoting those songs. Yeah. You know. So, you know, and I think also, like, TikTok streams count towards charts. I think um, they do, yeah. But, uh... But, you know, people think that Flower... People online think that Flowers is mid, and it's like, shut up. No, that's a great song. Um, but, I mean, also, River is fucking incredible. I love but River. Flowers is, Flowers is what she needed to release at the time to reestablish herself in the industry. Yeah. After being sort of left behind by RCA. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and I think River is necessary now to sort of, like, say, I'm still who I am, but, like... Here I am. Here, here's an adult version of who you were seeing with bangers and um, bangers and dead pets. Yeah. Um, and this really is sort of a love. She described it as a love letter to LA. It really is a love letter to LA. Cause like half of the album is very much that like Laurel Canyon vibe. Um, which apparently people don't know that reference. Um, the Running Canyon vibe. No, Laurel. Oh. So, like, during the 60s, Laurel Canyon, like, I would almost call it a bit of a, like, movement within music. Yeah. But, like, it was a bunch of hippie-ass pop writing people just, like, collaborating and recording all this, like, kind of cool music that sort of shaped the sound of the 60s. Um, Like, the music that we think of as, like, being, like, hippie movement. Right. That 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 was Laurel Canyon. Okay, got it, got it. Got um, it. and then you know, and then it moves into sort of like the sort of LA disco vibes, with like the more like upbeat tracks, like the more dancey tracks are mm-hmm. very like 1970s, early 80s. Like this is what was pl- being played in the clubs in LA, and it's like very identifiably LA, which I love as an Angelino and somebody who's obsessed with being from LA, <laughs> 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 who's made it part of their identity apparently. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's a very well done album. Um, what is your favorite on this album? So I, so I've been, I was listening to it this morning. I was listening to it last night as well. I really love, um, Muddy, Muddy Feet, the one with Sia. I know Sia is a little controversial, Ooh, yes. but that's a really is good she? song. Uh, for, again, Twitter is not real life, but... Uh, Are we still talking about the autism thing? Exactly, yeah. Because people were like, oh, I, I saw some comments people being like, why is she working with Sia, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, get over yourselves. Like, I think she, I, I mean, Sia made Sia's a mistake. Sia's a freaking no great songwriter. Sia also, Sia's also at a point in her life and career where, like, people aren't going to, like, confront her about anything. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes she makes bad decisions because she doesn't have anybody there. That feels comfortable to be like, oh, maybe not. Yeah. Um, I really love Handstand. River, obviously, I really, really love. Um, Violet Chemistry is really good, too. Jaded. Yeah, um, I, 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 I like Jaded a lot. And obviously, Flowers is, is a great fucking song. Yeah, I think, like, my favorite is Muddy Feet. I think that I think that might be my favorite on the album. Yeah, I really enjoy River, and um, 
I want to say Wild Card was another one that like spoke to me, but I can't super remember. Yeah, I have to listen uh, to it again. Wild Card, I was like, which one was Wild Card again? Because it's like you said, it's a very cohesive album. So when yeah. you're listening to it from beginning to end, you kind of forget what where like which when the song ends and and then when the new one starts because it's kind of like yeah very cohesive. And I think she said like that almost like Renaissance. Yeah, but I think she said like. The first part is AM, and then the second part is PM, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, I mean, like, Handstand was, like, a really good sort of transition between the first half and the second half. Yeah. Um, And then I like how it ended with, like... It it really is sort of the day, because it ended with some more somber, like, post-party thoughts. Um, I mean, it's a really good fucking album. I love everything about it. I love her aesthetic choices. Yeah. I love the cover of it. I love... There's no song that I felt like I wanted to skip. On the album. Yeah. No, I, I like, agree. You know. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see her, like, really sort of back in the swing of things in terms of, like, cultural relevance and notoriety. Yeah. Um, she's done really well with this, uh, with this era. And I think that based on what I'm seeing online and based on what I'm seeing with, like, I think that... Ooh, Justin Tranter is one of the songwriters on River. I love that for us. Um, that that makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah. there's a video of her saying like, "Oh, everyone wants this like club banger intro, but they just forget that this song is about fucking." <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Justin Tranter, real quick aside, um, I went to this opening at the Skirball Center for um, for this exhibit about a um, and nineteen some. A fashion designer, he was an emigre from Austria mm-hmm. during World War II, who was prominent in, like, the 60s, and they had a panel afterwards, and Justin Trancher was on it. And it was three queer people, because I think Justin is non-binary, sitting on stage at a religious institution talking about fa- a, a queer fashion designer that was heavily involved in the Madachine Society. Like, it was... A fever dream and also sort of an emotional moment. Anyway, quick as I done. But, <laughs> um, but uh, no, like I'm glad to see her in the swing of things. Yeah. Um, all I, right, I'm excited. I'm excited for her to go on tour because I think that'll be with this music. I think she'll she she'll really like knock it out of the park. I've never seen her live, but I would like to see her live. I'm seeing Same. so many people live this year, and so might as well throw I know. throw her in the bucket. And I'm glad to see, and I think Selena, and I'm glad to see, like, the, at least two of the Disney girls doing well. Selena Gomez? Um, yeah. I think she's coming back with music this year as well. Demi, Demi was never as successful as the other two. No. In any way, shape, or form. Her Disney Channel days were not quite as successful. She just has, like, this weird, yeah, she, I think, I think what sets, what, kind of pulls people away from Demi is that she has a weird attitude about things. Yeah, well, I mean, so, like, she's not doing well because of the extraterrestrial thing, because of the fact that she tried to cancel a mom-and-pop frozen yogurt shop. The, I mean, okay, so, everybody's gender journey is different, and, you know, I get it with, like, the sort of shift in pronouns, but... The optics of that, especially, like, as she, like, announced as her new album was coming out, that she was using she, her again. Yeah. That's that's not a good look for people who don't understand, sort of, how how everybody's gender journey is different. Yeah. And, like, she's just sort of figuring it out, and that's fine, and that's valid. But to people who aren't acquainted, it's, like, not... It, I, it, it, it does hurt her. It does hurt her public image. Yeah, just because then people are like, "What is she doing? Is she just is she, like is she just doing this whole pronoun thing for like clout? Like what what is happening yeah. here?" So, because um, that's what it comes off as, especially as somebody who like it does feel like she chases clout a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, but thank you for doing this with me. Oh uh, no, of course I, I had her fun. Entire discography. No, I had fun. Uh, you know, I, I'm very excited to see what she does next. Even though she just put something out, but I feel like you're like okay, what's like I I think I think Miley Cyrus. I I know a lot of people in the beginning of her career they wrote her off, but like she's like nope, yeah. 
it's like that one meme that I, I've seen so many times where she's like, they tried to motherfucking kill me. And they, you know what I'm talking about? I think it's in the banger yeah. store. It's, I, um, that meme is always hilarious. You know, I think that now that she's at, I think Columbia is like the right home for her. Yeah. Um, Just because like it is where Adele is. It's where Beyonce mm-hmm. is. Like, you know, it's, it's a bit more of a stable environment overall. Yeah. Columbia is sort of, it's a more, it's a more steady stable. It's like, under the same umbrella so like rci is another sony label label, but it's sort of like the difference between let's say capital and republic right under universal yeah where like you know capital has like that history but is actually really bad at promoting the radio well Um, i think i think columbia's does really good at promoting their artists they're big artists right uh because They, they give them a lot of freedom yeah as well which is good whereas rca the minute that like something didn't super work they were like nope but i mean like four flopped yeah to be honest here um and which honestly four is my favorite beyonce album doesn't matter anyway but then (laughs) you know beyonce like the album beyonce they allowed her to just drop out of fucking nowhere yeah it was an experimental album yeah and they provided her all the same support. Yeah. And I mean, they continued to support her throughout the promotions for four, even though it wasn't really doing well. Yeah. So, you know, I think Columbia is the right environment for her. And I think that under Columbia, she will start releasing music more frequently. Yeah, I think so. And I think that we'll be seeing a lot more with the way that she's rebranded and stuff. I think that we're going to be seeing her a lot more in the media generally. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see what she does next. So, but good, good, Same. good album from my impression my first listening impressions it's always good when you listen to an album the first one you're like oh i like all of this let me listen to it again yeah because there sometimes there's albums where you're like okay it might take some time to get used to it because i like this is interesting this is why i'm tired of albums because i feel like the, a lot of them end up with like a lot of fluff and it's yeah. like this doesn't need to be here yeah release an ep like we don't we don't need we don't need a 10 to 12 song album or a 23 fucking song album, Miley. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, 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 I think sometimes some artists, they just, they basically do, I'm just going to do different songs and then just put, pick the best ones and put them together in an album. But like you said, like it's not cohesive. So when it's not cohesive, yeah. you're just like, okay, this is just filler. Like, you might have thought it what was good doing? when you recorded it, but it's not good for the general audience. That's how I feel about Lemonade. Anyway, um... <laughs> I like Lemonade. We're being controversial on the pod today. I know. L- listen, Lemonade is my favorite... Lemonade is my favorite album of Beyonce. But there is some... there. The, I think for me, I experienced Lemonade in the, in, the, in the visual format. So that's why I really love it. Yeah. But even then, it felt like she was trying to force songs that she wanted to... It feels, especially now, like in hindsight, with like the way that she did the um that she did with the Grammys this year, it felt yeah. like she purposely included different genres on the album so she could submit different songs in different genres for the Grammys. Yeah. And then no, like, I, 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 I can see that her album for dance electronic album. Yeah. No, ma'am. <laughs> it's not a dance album. It's a pop album. And you know it's that's like, great. It's like yeah. I, I, I always you know took it to be, it... like, a disco-inspired album. But yeah. there is some, like... Inspired. Dis- well, she calls it disco trap. Disco trap, right? Because it's, yeah. like, trap like trap beats and disco music put together. But she didn't work with any, like, dance producers on it. And so it's, like, there's literally zero connection to that genre, like, to that contemporary genre. Yeah. Even though you were going back and taking inspiration from early house music and disco, mm-hmm. like that doesn't you're still working with contemporary pop and r and like r&b urban hip-hop producers and it's a great album but and it is dance inspired it is not a dance album but i think i do think that beyonce just sort of wants grammys and so she sort of finds ways to get as many grammys as she possibly can (laughs) like taylor swift (laughs) taylor swift Swift doesn't taylor swift doesn't have not that tactic Taylor Swift just uh, yeah, knows I mean, get, just knows how to win album of the year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was funny when she won for All Too Well. Like, I think it was like seven years after she released the original All Too Well. I was like, oh, she won I know. for All Too Well. 
Um, but um, but well deserved. All but, too well, ten minute version is a great song. I can't. No. Uh. No. I'm not listening to any <laughs> song that is ten minutes. Just like I'm not listening to a 23 album, track album. I'm not listening to a ten minute song. Or like a 32 track album, like that one guy did, Morgan Wallen. He released a 32 song album. 32. Yeah, and then all also, of his songs how is charted. He doing... Okay, no, because how is he doing so well? Because like. Literally two seconds ago, he was canceled for using the N-word. You know country music fans don't care about that. Which, also, speaking of the N-word, did I tell you that I got called the N-word the other night? Who? <laughs> I got called the N-word the other night. By who? I'll tell you more <laughs> afterwards. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm with my friend who, like... I am the color white, and he is somehow whiter than me. Yeah. And this guy got mad at us and told us that we were be that we were two N words, and we're like, "Oh my god, what?" And like we were talk, like we were like just there, and he comes up and like he starts sort of like interacting with us, and my friend thought he was a friend of mine, and then it became clear it wasn't. He's like, "Oh god, we're gonna get called a slur," and we were, but neither one of us <laughs> not not the, not the slur, slur that you thought that <laughs> not the slur you thought it was gonna be. <laughs> not even wow. Close. <laughs> That's 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 insane. That's insane. All right. Anyway, People thank are you for funny. being here. No, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. <laughs> that's funny. I'm gonna stop recording. And thank you for listening. Of course. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop recording.